Wow. I you you can't make up how the people who represent us go out of their way to just be as awful as humanly possible. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein Stein is here. Hello, Rob. And we start the hour. I mean, we've had so much today. We've had, you know, this Noblesville thing where they're spending $36.5 million of taxpayer money for a, a G League basketball team. You got the city of Indianapolis, uh, spending $510 million on a hotel that is going to be a, just a total boondoggle. And as if those two things aren't egregious enough, Todd Rokita, Indiana's own Lionel Hutz, if he doesn't win, your pizza is free, said, hold my beer. You know, I used to really like Rokita. He used to be a seemingly very normal, above-board person. You've known Rokita for a while. I've time. known him since he worked in the Secretary of State's office back in the late 90s. And as recently as a couple years ago, I saw him over at the silo, the car club over here. And we chatted for like 20 minutes about cars and things. <laughs> I mean, he, he can be a very wonderfully nice, personable man. Yeah, and look, he was a very good Secretary of State. The voter ID law I thought was fabulous. He was an okay U.S. rep. Now, look, he always seemed like a guy who had a stick up his backside and was worried he was going to smile wrong because he always was always thinking about the next office he was going to pursue. But I accept that for most of my politicians. By and large, I liked his politics. Seemed like an okay guy. Something happened to him, though, Brad, when he ran for United States Senate. You remember, Brad, the I, failed U.S. Senate run. Okay, just to reset, I distinctly remember when he was chair of the Marco Rubio for President campaign here in the state of Indiana. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's donning a MAGA hat on TV. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's kind of like when you, you file for divorce from your wife. And the next thing you know, the divorce isn't even final. And you see her walking around on the arm of like your arch enemy. And remember the bizarro behavior when he was running against Braun and Messer? He was like fo following Messer around with a guy in a milk carton costume. And then he had... Uh, like guys in Obama and Hillary mask. He had a white guy in an Obama mask, which was just very bizarre, following people around. And then he had a meltdown on the air with Brian Baker, where he was like yelling. And and uh, then the thing with Abdul, where he was refusing to show up to debates because that Abdul was so weird. Be the, I mean, he lost it. Like, I don't know if he got in, in, infected with, I don't know what, but he lost it and he's never recovered. And he, Rokita is the worst of everything because he's the guy who needs to be in public office. He lives to run for public office. It's one thing to say, I'm going to do this because I think I would be very good at it. And when I'm done with this, I'm going to go back into society until I find something else down the road that I look at and say, I can be of service here. With Rokita, it's, I would be the best Secretary of State. Now I would be the best Congressman. Now I would be the best Senator. Now I would be the best Attorney General. It just, 
never stops with this guy's need to be in public office and avoid getting a real job at all costs. Yeah, governor's still dangling out there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's dangling. I mean, and so Rokita, the weird thing about Rokita and his lust for being in public office is he chose an office by, by which, yes, he has the legal requirement, which is a law degree, to be the attorney general of the state of Indiana, or law license to be the, the attorney general for the state of Indiana. We have to salute him. <laughs> As the attorney general? However, my understanding was he had never actually tried a case before becoming the attorney general. It's not like like when Curtis Hill, whether you like his politics or not, guy was a prosecutor, right? He had been in the courtrooms trying cases. Todd Rokita had been a politician for 20 years. He's more of an administrative attorney (laughs) as opposed to a litigator. So... When he gets elected, and I never heard this before, it never had even dawned on me, you may remember this. It came to light, despite the fact that he's got this job, which pays roughly six figures. He's about to get a big old raise, thanks to Becky Cash. Is it roughly six figures? I thought it was six figures. Well, I think now it is way over six (laughs) figures, based on the new budget. Um... Thanks to, you know, our state reps and senators giving uh, the governor and lieutenant governor and attorney general big old raises. It came out that he was moonlighting, working a second job. Apex benefits. And it had never dawned on me that someone who decides to run for statewide public office, this is not town council. This is not, I'm you know, I'm a county commissioner working, you know, one day out of the out of the month. This is not school board. This is a job with benefits and retirement and, a, you know, six-figure-ish salary. And he's working this second job, which involves an industry that he is the attorney general, oversees, weighs in on, likely to, you know, have legal opinions on. And so a bunch of people raise their hand and go, what in the world are you doing there? And he said not going to tell you. Well, we kind of have a problem with you working at one. That's really weird that the attorney general is like working at Walmart part time or whatever. It's not like he's bartending in Broad Ripple I or mean, something. <laughs> so uh, we have a big problem with the fact that you're in an industry that your office will have to weigh in and offer legal opinions on maybe even this company in question. And he goes, it's fine. I got an opinion from the inspector general that said, this is fine. You can do this. And we said, okay, cool. Can we see the opinion? No. <laughs> the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana was working a second job in an industry that he will oversee, his office will oversee and have to issue legal opinions and guidance on, claims somebody gave me the opinion that says this is fine, so I'm in the clear, and then when asked to show the opinion, he tells the media to kick rocks. So the media sues Rokita, or I don't know, sue the right word, they file a, a claim. They were the cl- I think that... Um- Matt Tully's name is still on that. Who is now is no longer with us. Right, he passed, passed away passed several away. years ago. But it ends up in court. I believe they said that he had to produce the opinion. Then he appeals said opinion. And now it's come out that he's hired Jim Bopp 
Todd Rokita has hired Jim Bopp. For those of you who don't know, Jim Bopp, huge Republican operative, owns a law firm out of Terre Haute. Um, but yeah, he's kind of the Republican fixer. Not even just in Indiana, but nationally. Uh, and apparently he could fix anything other than Todd Young not having to get 500 signatures to stay on the ballot because I don't know how much Marlon Stutzman paid Jim Bopp for that or whoever paid Jim Bopp for that or if anyone paid Jim Bopp for that, but they sure didn't get their money's worth. So if that's how he's going to litigate on this thing, yikes. But we are going to pay this, Brad. We as the taxpayers, Rokita has a deal with Jim Bopp to defend him not having to tell the taxpayers what he did with his second job and that the inspector general told him that it's okay to work a second job. He's trying to shield this from the public. He's got a contract with Jim Bob for up to $250,000 to try to keep information from the public. What do you have to hide if you're using up to a quarter million dollars of public funds? Now, the only good deal in this whole thing is he's only being billed at $200 an hour, which is fairly reasonable for to hire Jim Bopp as Get an your attorney. own attorney. Yes, you're the but, one who doesn't want to give right, the information. Why not just release it and say, here is the opinion. It was written on a cocktail napkin, but you know what? This is the opinion I was given. If you don't like it, that's not my problem. And, and I want to reiterate and this is so important that people have this jammed into their skull. We're not talking about a regular politician. We're talking about the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, who is now willing to spend up to $250,000 of our money to hide an opinion from another government entity saying that he is in the clear and not doing anything illegal, unethical, whatever. Right. That he is in the playing inside the guidelines set forth yeah it's like he's doubling down on this i want to thank casey smith from the indiana capital chronicle for doing all the legwork on this story but yeah this is amazing it why not just say fine i will either divest my interest in apex or you know what here's what i was doing here's what the opinion said the opinion probably said yeah there's a conflict of interest here you need to let this go but at what point if Apex Benefits is so important to you that you can't let it go, then give up being attorney general. Yeah, so earlier this year, according to Indiana Capital Chronicle, Mar I was right, Marion County Superior Court Judge Kurt Eisgruber ordered Rokita re to redact the opinion so the judge can make it public. The attorney general's appealing the ruling. So we were spot on on how we were, were lining that up. Now, here's where it gets even more. But wait! Wait, there's more. The, the level of... The amount of a-holes who are trying to screw you over as a taxpayer in the budget, in the legislation that passed the General Assembly this year that Holcomb has signed into law, it includes a provision to keep confidential informal advisory opinions from the Office of Inspector General. So what they said was, boy, we got a big problem here, and Rokita really got caught in the caught in the crosshairs of this. And well, you know, we're probably going to pull some of these same shenanigans, and so we don't want people knowing. So now the informal opinions, well, we're going to pass a law because Rokita got caught because there wasn't a law. We're going to protect ourselves going forward so that we don't have to give you people any information whatsoever. Too bad you could have asked Becky Cash about that. Yeah, well, I didn't know. <laughs> 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 steal a phrase from her. I mean, it, it just, it never stops. And people say, well, what's your beef with Rokita? This crap right here is my beef with Rokita. I like a lot of his politics, but I am not so wed to someone's politics that I'm going to turn a blind eye or not comment when they go out of their way, which is what he's doing, 
He's going out of his way to pull, attempt to pull bullcrap on the taxpayers of the state of Indiana. And then when he doesn't get his way, when a judge rightfully rules, we have a right to know what the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana is doing. He then is going to spend a quarter of a million dollars of our money. Those are 250 mi- or 250,000 middle fingers paid for by the by the public right there. This is your Indiana Republican Party. And the, the fact that the Republicans, instead of uh, calling him out, instead of in unison saying, stand up, you know, all hundred plus of them because they get super majorities and say, screw you, Rokita, release this opinion to the public. We have a right to know they craft a law to exempt themselves and try to help him going forward. Yeah, yeah they're basically saying, oh, yeah, we better protect, yeah, we better do something so that we can do exactly what you're doing. Where are the principled Republicans out there, where's anybody saying, this is a bunch of garbage and we need we need to know what was in that opinion and Todd Rokita, you either need to step down or you need to disclose. You're uh, not serving the public good. Uh, if he doesn't win, your pizza's free. It's the Kendall and Casey show. When we come back, uh, let's get into. No, no, no. When we come back, we got to play this audio of Biden. Biden had a complete meltdown yesterday. It is, even by Biden's standards, one of the most unbelievable things in the history of ever. And Brad, you like to laugh. So I know you're going to get great joy out of this. I can't wait. It's Kendall and Casey show, 93 WIBC. Help me if you can. Biden had a. An incredible meltdown yesterday, even by uh, Biden standards. By the way, thanks to everybody who's watching us in the YouTube chat uh, over there. You just go to YouTube, put Kendall and Casey in your search bar. You can see Brad's happy, smiley face, and uh, you can see me with a new creative uh, piece of artwork in the background. Uh, okay, Brad, <laughs> yesterday, Brad Kloppenstein, by the way, in for Casey today. What, what do I do for a living? Uh, you work for the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. <laughs> uh, we have to legally get that in, uh, I believe, three times a show. It's part of Brad's contract. Okay, so Biden was screening a movie yesterday. I believe this is a Disney movie, and it's called American Born Chinese. And he is trying to discuss this movie and the people in it, and even by Biden's standards had a malfunction we may just have to start playing this on a loop kevin please take it away i honored a group of trailblazing artists with national medals of arts and humanities the group included groundbreaking asian americans like vera wang and 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 joan shingang i'm going to pronounce shanga koawa i think i pronounced it correctly she can call me Joe Bitten. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I thought that was even going to go worse than it did. Kev, can we can we uh, can we hear that again, please? The president of the United States. I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce it, Shanga Koawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Bitten. 
<laughs> Do we know what her name really is? I have no idea. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Are you, so you're not positive it's not Koala. It's, it's not Shishmi. <laughs> well, he started off with a stumble at the very beginning, and then he thought he recovered fairly well. well then, then, the, I think the favorite thing with Biden is where he will just, he'll be in the middle of something and quit. Like, he just quits trying, and then he, it's like there's a moment where it dawns on him, oh, crap, I'm the president of the United States, I can't just, I can't quit trying, I gotta keep trying. Kev, one more time, can we have that, just just so we can hear the part where he kind of just quits, and then it dawns on him, he's gotta keep trying to butcher this person's name. And 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 Joan, Shingang, I'm gonna pass by, Shanga, Koala. <laughs> I think I pronounced it correctly. I know we did. Hey, uh, your commander in chief, ladies and gentlemen. Real quick, uh, I'd be curious, as you are a resident of Lawrence, and thus you vote on the mayoral uh, race, and you're affected by what the mayor does. I'd be curious to get your uh, thoughts on election day Tuesday. I know you were helping Abdul out a little bit, and that didn't go the way you wanted. Um, but look, I don't know. If, I, the Shreve is going to have to do a lot more than just spend a gajillion dollars. And he's going to have to campaign. And I'm going to be curious, since you guys, you know, you were helping Abdul out a little bit, you guys kind of ran against him in some shape, form, or fashion. Does he have what it takes to beat Joe Hogsett? Jefferson Shreve is a highly intelligent individual. I believe he's on the board of trustees down at IU. Um, so he had a big chain of storage unit facilities. I le- I've learned that apparently this was like his thesis in college on how to run storage facilities. And before he graduated college, he opened one and then opened up 500 more. And the- after that so he's got a gajillion dollars he is a smart man he is a businessman but most people don't know him and really i thought that abdul was going to take him just because abdul did have name id but he didn't he, have two million bucks he didn't have the two name million of- dollars to drop in fact i had a buddy who was down here from um marion and i asked him i'm like so you know what what is it what kind of ads are you seeing up in marion he goes all we see in marion is jefferson shreve ads that's unbelievable isn't it oh my god he he just blanketed the airwaves. So, but does he have it? Does he have the ability to stand on a stage and look at Joe Hogsett and say, where were you during the riots? We all know where you were. Are you ready to tell us where you were during the riots? I think he he will ask that. I mean, he he's not necessarily the warmest guy. If he was in this room, he's more of an observer as opposed to uh, being out there leading the party. But I think, like I say, he is an intelligent man. I think in the right situation, he will ask those questions. And he, I think he knows he needs to ask those questions. But he's going to drop $10 million on this race, probably more than that. Man, I need more rich friends. Holy cow. It's a job that pays $87,000. I would be willing to put up with his perceived complete lack of personality if I to hang out with a guy who had that sort of money. Job, or job. Rob, even if you had $10 million, I think I could get you elected. <laughs> Oh, I'd be running a much different campaign than he's running. (laughs) I'm sure. Now, the one thing that Abdul would have had going for him is Abdul could reach out 
to constituencies that are not normal Republican constituencies. Jefferson Shreve, I think, is going to have difficulty with that. He's a South Side Republican, which is kind of a traditional Republican. But to reach out to some of those Democrat-leaning groups and neighborhoods, I think he's going to struggle. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be, you know, to steal a line from Animal House, you've got to go to the place where if I were you, I'd be leaving. What a great idea. And you've got to say, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. I'm going to knock on doors. I'm going to let these people know I care about what they think. And that's in large part why Greg Ballard, now there were numerous reasons Ballard won, but a big part was he was willing to campaign in places Republicans don't normally campaign. And yes, Shreve has a lot of money, but ultimately he's the guy that's got to stand on the stage. And somebody, because our media will not do it. For some reason, our media absolutely refuses to ask Joe Hogsett, where were you during the riots? Why did you let other people make the call? And He's going to have to be the guy that, that that does it, and I just don't know if he's got the killer instinct. People want it, man. People want to be fired up about having somebody to vote for and just saying, I'm a guy with a gajillion dollars who runs infinite ads. That's not going to get people fired up about voting for you. Do you think that there will be a debate? Do you think the Hogsett will agree to a debate? Why would you if you're Hogsett? There's no reason to. That's why you got to draw him out. And I think the thing that would draw a guy like Joe Hogsett out is if Jefferson Shreve stands in some sort of large public setting and says, we know where you were. We know why you were incapable of making the call that let our city burn to the ground. And I'm going to tell everybody about it. And if I'm wrong, you prove different because everybody knows where you were. And I'll drink to that. And he has the money to set that narrative. All right, let's take a break. Voicemails coming up next. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Hey, what's up, Kendall and Casey listeners? How would you like to get a 35% bonus when you invest your money? If you invest $100,000, you get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $70,000 bonus. If this sounds too good to be true, it's not. And this special offer gets even better. You'll also sleep well knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. Learn more by calling Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy at 317-932-9912. Hey, it's Rob, and as you know, I don't like many people, but one person I really do like is Bill Demery. Learn how you could get a 35% bonus by calling 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. Bill Demery, your retirement guy, right here in Indy at 317-932-9912. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. All right, 317-684-8444 is the phone number. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, before we do, Brad, Casey was out today on jury duty. I have no idea if she's been selected, not been selected. You ever had jury duty? It's funny, Rob. I... I've been called twice, once when I was in college and living in Hancock County, and I went out, and so this would have been about 1990, and I got selected, and then the judge comes in and says the two parties have settled and come to an agreement. Thank you all for showing up. 
you can all go home. Yeah. The last time I was called was 1998. Wow. Here in Marion County. And I went in and sat through the whole morning. I went to lunch, came back. And then shortly after lunch, you're like, we don't need any more jurors today. You all can go home. Haven't been called since. I would. Uh, I have been selected one time. However, I was not living at the address they sent the thing to. And so I informed them of that. And they said, you are free to go. And you do not have to be a part of this little excursion here. Um I would like to do it. I think it might be fun. However, I think it would be fascinating. There is no way. There's no way they would pick me to be on a jury. Why not? I think I think you have to be kind of open-minded to be on a jury, don't you? <laughs> but they want people that uh, that have a chance of uh, having being swayed one way or another. Oh, you'd be surprised. I th- I think that they would consider you at least I, I i told casey she should write works with rob kendall at wibc on her questionnaire uh and they would immediately dismiss her from the process so yeah we'll be interesting be to hear tomorrow. afterwards if she was recognized yeah. if anybody truly knew who she was what she did if she got called or if she's just hanging out uh so we will see you may be back here tomorrow who knows i, I might be i'm kind of on call I, i'm like the bullpen catcher yeah, absolutely and real quick before we get to the voicemails how's your uh, alpsbrow doing alps we keep selling out so thank you all for drinking alpsbrow beer at 30 plus places around the state of indiana now you several years ago decided you were going to bring back alpsbrow which was a popular beer here in, in Indiana. In the 60s and 70s. It was brewed up in Fort Wayne, available around the Midwest. Out of business since 1978. So, yes. So, I acquired the trademark a couple of years ago. And now we have Two Toms Brewing Company out of Fishers and Fort Wayne that's brewing it and distributing it. And yeah. you're making a fortune. Is this uh, based on an Austrian beer or is it German? Or No. I mean, it's got some German hops in it. It's a fairly easy drinking lager beer. It's okay. more of a tribute than a, the actual original formula. We start talking about booze and Kevin can't pop that microphone. I know. I, I know. Yeah. Kevin's been silent all day. Couldn't say anything about that. $510 million dollars in bonds. You got any? You got any on you? Uh, all right. We got uh, several calls about property taxes. Rob, uh, yes. Rob this yes. is my first appearance since I was called a punk. That's true. The Somebody, last time I was, I was on, there was a voicemail where I was called a punk. I'm not sure what I did to deserve that, but uh, ma'am, if you think I'm a punk, that's here right. I am again. And we commented at the time, if you do not like Brad Kloppenstein, you have uh, serious issues, and you need to seek counseling or help of some sort. Well, thanks, Rob. I mean, I'd be you more are than the- happy to sit down over coffee with this lady and find out what it is I did to offend her. You are genuinely one of the most happy people I've ever met. I try to be happy. Happiness happy. is a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, calls about property taxes. As uh, we've heard earlier today, Republicans uh, certainly do not prioritize that in the budget. They really don't uh, care enough, at least, to do anything about it, and they're not doing anything anytime soon. But the assessments are rolling in, and they are just as high as the last assessments and well we got a lot of calls about that i was just listening to you and micah and mike said his assessment went up 18 percent um i was gonna let you know what ours went up 40 percent rob 40 percent and we live in claremont and there's a little that little neighborhood right across from the fuel farm so you got kind of an idea of what those houses are in there these are 1930s little square houses, and they they assessed it 40 percent higher. So I have appealed it, and I actually talked to the I actually talked to the treasurer in Marion County, and she said yes, she should. She said I think she told me this. 
everyone should appeal this year. And she said, because they're not right. So anyway, she has no control over that. She just collects. But anyway, she gave me all the paperwork to fill out. And I also made a copy of everything I did with her and sent it to um, our representative in accounting. And I sent it to our state rep. And I sent it to um, also Jim Lucas. Well, Lucas is going to use it as toilet paper because he's made it abundantly clear he doesn't care at all about your property taxes. And why would he? I mean, Jim Jim gets uh, paid about $70,000 a year to work a part-time job and just gave himself a, essentially a $15,000 raise. So why would he care? They, they being the incumbent Republicans in the state, do not care about your property taxes. And it it... it it is very tone deaf just because most people's homeowners insurance has gone up dramatically as well. So if you're looking at how much your escrow payment has gone up, you've had a 20% increase in your property taxes, probably more when inflation has been, what, 5 or 6%. But then on top of that, you've got another 20% increase in your insurance. At some point, people cannot afford this. People are going to have to get out of their homes, but then where are they going to go? Because they're probably already on a mortgage at 2%. Yep. The going rate right now is five and a half or six. Nowhere to go. This is going to get worse before and, it gets better. And uh, look, here, here, and here is the problem. And I think the Becky Cash interview we did earlier today, state rep, kind of laid this out. There is a mixture of people in the state house, and I think they fall into three categories, okay? I think you've got some very maniacal people who are there to enrich themselves, expand their power, and reward the people who allow them to expand their power and enrich themselves. I think you've got it, and that is the top. A lot of that is the top brass and the people in in positions of power and influence. So I think you got those groups. I think then you have people who are not awful people; they're just legitimately morons. Of which, and I've along said Jim Lucas falls into that category. They're they're mentally incapable of solving actual problems. They're, they're meant to, if, unless it's something they're interested in. Now, a guy like a Lucas lives in the gun and weed world. He's an expert on that because that's what interests him. But if it is something that challenges outside of his level of interest, and I think a lot of the reps fall into this, then they are incapable. And then I think you have people like Becky Cash who do actually want to do good if they had time would get better at it, but we don't have time for people to get better at it because you're needing to get better at it doesn't fix my property tax bill this year. There might be a subset. I don't know if this is would be a subset of group two or if there's a fourth group. There is a fourth group of people who just like being able to say, I'm a state representative, yep. and they come to Indianapolis, and they party, and they let lobbyists take them out to dinners, and they enjoy the social aspect of it, but they don't really want to have to do any of the hard work. Yeah, and I call that ribbon-cutter guy. Yes. And you see a lot of those in the local governments. Like, we have um, an intellectual super giant, I mean, a real Mensa member, uh, Rhodes Scholar, who is the president of the town council in Brownsburg. His name is Travis to Shane, and he lives to go to the ribbon cuttings. And he, what he likes to do is take credit for things other people did and stand out front at the ribbon cutting. And that's his whole life and value is being front and center at the ribbon cutting for things he had nothing to do with. And there are all of these other little people all in these town and city councils. And look at what they're doing in Noblesville. $36.5 million for a minor league basketball team to come play. Somebody posted earlier, this gym they're building for the Mad Ants would be the like the 106th biggest gym in the state of Indiana, and somehow it costs $36.5 million. To put that in perspective, that is more than Victory Field. 
Uh, yes, way more. Victory Field was like $21.5 million Correct. to build. Okay, uh, we got another call about property taxes. Morning. Uh, I'm calling about the uh, taxes uh, in rural Delaware County. That's uh, over by Muncie. And uh, my taxes have gone up exponentially in the last 10 years. Um, we're paying $1,400 a half uh, on a home on 16 acres. Sounds pretty reasonable, but 13 of that is wetland. No usable uh, area of that land whatsoever, and it is assessed as excess residential. I went to the assessor in 2012. I got relief when it was up to $1,500 in 2012. Since then, it has increased back up to $1,400 a half. Um, these taxes are ridiculous. I'm retired now. It makes it difficult. Just wanted to let you know. The state's doing nothing. He's right. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole thing about, well, you just should appeal it. That's the new state rep or state senator thing. Just appeal it. Do you know how complex the appeals process is and the time you have to put into it? And there's only about a 20% chance you're going to win anyway. I'm about to learn. Well, I mean, there's and there's a chance they'll go, you know what? You're right, Mr. Brad. We underassessed your property. So, Good luck with that. Well, and there, there's a rub that could go two ways on this. One, if you're in an affluent area like Delaware County. <laughs> I knew I'd get you to laugh on that. Sorry, Delaware <laughs> County. We're laughing at your expense. Uh, if you're in an affluent area, yes, as demand goes up for your property, your property taxes go up because it reflects the fair market value. The other end of that spectrum is if you're in a poor, depressed area where people are fleeing, also like Delaware County. <laughs> That just leaves fewer people there to then shoulder the burden of all right. the local local government that's been put in place, in their case, by the Democrats over the last 80 years. And so that money has to come from somewhere. And sorry, it's coming from this man with the 16 acres. Okay, uh, one more call. Rainwater was on with us yesterday. We gave him most of the 11 o'clock hour talking about things that he would do, property taxes, gas taxes, a whole the whole litany of stuff. Um also one of the people with cojones to come in and answer actual questions, and somebody called about that. I wanted to comment on the interview that I just heard with you guys had with Donald Rainwater. I'm so glad to see that he's back in, back throwing his hat in the ring. He has my vote, and uh, if possible, I will go out and try to campaign for him. If that's an option to do so, I will gladly do so, along with campaigning for DeSantis if DeSantis runs for president. Um, but I would also just like to comment uh on the interview. I think he absolutely nailed it. I think he gave you simple, straight answers. I think he was right on the point. Uh, I hope that we can learn from the mistake of 2020 and uh, early vote Rainwater because he is truly the best candidate for Indiana because I probably won't be here for long. Once I'm done with college, I'm planning to move to Southwest Florida, but I still want Indiana to be in the best shape that it possibly is, that it can possibly be, which is why I'm voting for Donald Rainwater this gubernatorial cycle. Property taxes are the issue. It's going to be a tsunami. As we mentioned, this is going to become worse and worse as time goes on. And I'm curious to see if the legislature does anything about it next year, 2024. It's an election year. You would think if they were smart, they would. But 
We'll find out how tone deaf they, they are. are. Probably arrogant enough to not uh, think you're going to do anything about it. We'll see. All right. Uh, when we come back, there is a letter that went out from Joe Hogsett, and Hammer is going to join us for a dramatic reading of the fundraising pitch made by Joe Hogsett to the uh, to the residents of Marion County. It's Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Dramatic reading from Jason Hammer. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Brad Kloppenstein Stein in for uh, Casey. Hammer's back. We didn't have time to get to this during that 1050 segment, but you have something in your possession that is just priceless. So I was forwarded a fundraising email <laughs> from the Boss Hogset campaign. And this is from uh, the finance director, Emily Gerwitz. She puts her name at the bottom Von of Lebowitz. <laughs> she was going to make a pot for me. Uh, so I'm going to read this yes. letter from the Hogset campaign to you guys. Okay. And I want you to tell me if you feel like this is something that would make you drop whatever you're doing and make a donation. Okay. Let me, let me pull my money clip out. I'm ready. Now, can I read this as Joe Hogsett? Absolutely. All right. Kevin, a little mood music, please. <laughs> I honestly can't believe it. This morning, our anti-choice opponent said he thinks Indianapolis police should be able to investigate women and their doctors for deeply personal reproductive decisions. Previously, the Republican running against Mayor Joe said he wants to get elected to protect the unborn but this morning's news still shocked me. Last year, Republicans in the state legislature adopted one of the strictest bans on reproductive health care in the country. In response, the Marion County Prosecutor's Office said they would not pursue these horrific charges. Now, the Republican mayoral nominee wants to be in charge of the police department that would investigate these charges. Indianapolis can't afford to let this Republican mega donor move his conservative social agenda into the mayor's office. Will you please rush a donation <laughs> of any amount today to help us beat our anti-choice opponent? Donate and scene. Very well done. Thank you. I like Okay. Can I tell you what I heard? Reading between the lines, what I heard was, holy crap, this guy's got $10 million or more that he's going to throw at this race, and if you don't open up your wallets, we're in trouble. Now, my question to Emily Gerwitz, the, Fawn uh, the finance director for One Boss Hog said, does it have to be a financial, like an actual monetary donation, donation or is he accepting also liquor? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just drop off a 12-pack and say, hey, or do you think? Isn't that so weird that that is what they centered their campaign around is lusting over being able to suck the brains out of a defenseless fetus? Well, if you remember the night that he won the primary, his big speech was making Shreve out to be a racist. Now, I don't pretend like I know everything in the world about Shreve, but I think we all would have heard if he would have came out and said something 
horrifically racist at this point. Yeah, right? they act like he's freaking Bob Huggins or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, they can't write that letter and point to our shiny streets that are paved and and hole free, and they they can't talk about how the crime rate's been going down. And but he tried to that night that he won the primary. He tried to do a victory lap on crime, and all the butt sniffer reporters let him get away with it. They always let him get away with it. Nobody's ever asked him where were you during the riots. Shreve's got to do it himself. Hey, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Brad, thanks for filling in today. Thanks, Rob. Kev, great job as always. Casey, maybe you'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Tony Katz coming up next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Yeah.